Servus und herzlich willkommen to another episode of Bavarian Podcast Works. This is a schnitzel and I will be doing the post-game show for Bayern Munich's latest 2-1 victory against VfB Stuttgart in the Bundesliga. And it was an away game, it was one to remember because of how tense it was, some nail-biting minutes in the second half and a really good fight put up by the hosts and the fans were incredible as well. So I think uh, I'm relieved along with I'm pretty sure a lot of Bayern fans around the world that the game was you know put to bed and that Bayern managed to come back with a victory but you know it wasn't really very comfortable throughout I would say and uh, in the first half surprisingly Bayern started really well in a four 3-2-1 formation that also morphed to a 4-2-2 a uh, 4-4-2 sorry and went to a 4-2-3-1 something that we've been seeing uh, very frequently these weeks all these formation changes in the lineup and the reason why I said it started as a 4-3-2-1 is because Muziala and Müller occasionally would drop back into the midfield simply because of how much pressure was exerted by Stuttgart in the very early stages of the game and Bayern was caught off guard because Stuttgart came with so much intent they were pressing like crazy and uh, I'm not sure anyone was expecting sort of uh, Uno reverse card you know played by Stuttgart on Bayern and uh, we were pinned in our own house for the first 3-4 minutes and it started to get concerning because of how aggressive Stuttgart looked and the referee was uh, more or less enjoying the aggressive uh, physical proceedings so he just let the game resume at this high tempo at this very aggressive sort of uh, tempo but over a period of time Bayern managed to build some momentum and got back into the game and then went back to dominating possession so that was the tale of the first half and uh well looking at the goals uh the first goal would come very late into the game at the 39th minute because Stuttgart's defense was simply incredibly difficult to break down and that is partly because of uh, obviously Bruno Labbadia their coach who has hard drilled that philosophy into them they were very very resol- resolute and uh, resilient in their defensive uh, phases and their attacks were also very very well coordinated so they gave Bayern a very tough time and uh, particularly I think uh, Dan Axel Zagadou was a really really impressive figure in Stuttgart's defense he was really good overall and uh, Hiroki Ito brought a lot of fire to the game and a lot of passion and his shots were really well taken he annoyed Zomer a couple of times and he was a thorn up you know the backs of the entire Bayern offense because he had this relentless engine and he was constantly just getting in the way of the passing lanes so yeah it was a very concerted performance up until the first goal and uh, yes it took a while for the first goal to come simply because at Bayern Munich at the moment uh, not everyone is exactly comfortable with taking a shot and the club sorry the players rather they take too long with the shots they did not release the shots at the right time and they just keep passing the ball around and I've spoken about this earlier there is a lack of this clinical ability in the players and the finishing as well and it is not very quick there's a lot of time wasting down in the final third and the shot is simply not accurate enough so it comes as no surprise that the goal came from a defender Matthias Delict who has been one of the most incredible or rather one of the best players of Bayern Munich the past 
few weeks so far and i guess one of the main reasons is simply because of how much he brings in the defense in the absence of some other players like he has completely taken the leadership role in the defense uh, in uh, luka hernandez's absence and he has been chaperoning all the other defenders to sort of defend in a unit and he is also emerging as a vocal leader i could hear him shout commands quite a few times this game and it is very impressive that he is able to do that at such a young age he is still 23 so that is very young i'm not sure if he's 24 yet but last time i checked he was 23 so i'm just assuming i'm right and uh, that just bodes well for bayern munich's future and he sent in a long range belter that was a really really difficult shot to save and the goalkeeper did get a hand to it but it had too much power so it went inside inevitably and that was really really great and uh, well the defense overall in the first half was pretty dominant and delict was a major part of why he was able to keep a clean sheet but once again stanisch's performance in the first half was also impressive and he was all over shudgas attack right place right time doing excellently so also somebody who impressed me in the first half and uh in the meantime uh, we also take a look at some of stuttgart's offensive players who were also very very solid i think uh, haraguchi who was who has always been a very important fixture for stuttgart put in some very very nice defensive challenges and vataru endo and him were part of the midfield engine and they did really well in my opinion and up front uh, diaz and uh, fiolish uh, fiolish i think that's how you pronounce his name uh, they also did a very good job at the wings but i was mostly impressed with the midfield the structure stuttgart structure and the defense in particular mavropanos zagadou and ito they were really really good and uh, of course the goalkeeper bredlo who was also really really i mean i think stuttgart probably have never played a game this well because they are languishing near the relegation zone and you see other games and they're usually struggling against other opponents but when it's against bayern every single club you know turns up a notch and i think it makes sense because bayern are the record meister and it's always an added bonus to come into games with extra motivation just simply because you can take everything you can get from a bayern munich game if it's a draw it's great if it's a win it's a miracle it'll be treated as a heroic you know victory against bayern munich just like uh, gladbach you know who get that uh, sort of that is their trophy almost you can say it's beating bayern every season is their trophy and it makes sense because bayern is arguably one of the most dominant clubs in world football history and it is possibly the most consistent most successful club barring a certain real madrid so yeah incredible stuff from uh, stuttgart's goalkeeper and uh, well i would then you know I know I sound kind of uh, funny today because uh, it's to do with my nose block and a sore throat that I'm also having so you know it's sometimes it's it's just a real struggle with all this the weather in Germany isn't great and it's super unpredictable so uh could be better but uh hopefully I'll get some more rest this weekend and it should be it should be better by the time the next podcast rolls up coming back to the second goal which was also which was called by Eric Maxim Chuma Moting who was on a crazy run this is in the second half 
he did excellently well to get on the end of a ball by Thomas Muller, a one-touch release, which was brilliantly started by Muziala. That move was incredible. He got past two defenders, dribbled really well, didn't take a lot of time, sent a through ball to Thomas Muller, who took just one touch, unleashed Chupamoting right at the nick of time, perfectly timed, because it would have been an offside, even if it was a millisecond you know, before or after. Chupamoting gets the ball and sends it to the back of the net, as he's always done this season. Really efficient finishing, excellent player, just really, really good goal overall, and excellent attack. So, I think attacking-wise... Uh, some players at Bayern are just incredible and uh, they always have been and I think that it bodes well for the game against PSG. I think Kingsley Coman was also very good this game. He was very active despite not getting, you know, at the end of chances and uh, maybe not being at his best finishing-wise but still very active throughout. And, uh, well, then came Stuttgart, you know, with a pressing siege with a wave of relentless attacking towards the end of the game after the 79th minute and uh, they would eventually be rewarded for their efforts because uh, Juan Jose Perea would score his first Bundesliga goal against Van Munich. Oh wow, we are the team that so many players have their first goals against. Like I remember Florian Wirtz of Bayer Leverkusen who also had his first goal against Bayern Munich. It's kind of comical but in a way, I guess I feel very happy for the player because what a way to start his Bundesliga career. A really nice header and a very nice cross generated by, I believe it was Diaz. Excellent play throughout by the rest of the Stuttgart offense to sort of engineer that move. And, uh, well, could Janzoma have done, done better? Maybe, but uh, it was a really difficult header to save. And I think Delict could maybe have gotten at the end of that a little faster maybe the rest of the defense could have done a better job but again it's could have should have would have uh, can't really do much about it it's fine Bayern Munich is susceptible to these kinds of you know goals uh, it's it's very difficult to keep a clean sheet these days yes the previous game was a clean sheet but you know uh, it's Bayern Munich and uh, towards the end of the game uh, the players usually tend to switch off which cannot happen in the Champions League and I don't, I don't think it would because the players are more serious when the opportunity presents itself and the stakes are high so I'm not exactly super concerned about that but at the same time it is important to note that the defense definitely has to be more active and also more focused throughout the game and we will also come to the offense in the same regard but uh, <coughs> I guess now that we have looked at the general passage of playing the game Maybe now we should do a player-for-player player analysis. Firstly, props to Stuttgart and their fans who were incredible and uh, the team was very resilient and gave Bayern a good fight. So good job for that. And I think that prepares Bayern well for the PSG fixture. They did not let Bayern run away with the meal. They made them hurt, uh, earn it and I'm really happy that they did because now the players will most probably be sharp for the PSG game. Here's to hoping for that. The starting lineup was uh, pretty standard, and yes, we will start with the defense this time, contrary to how we have done in recent weeks. We will first begin with Jan Zommer, the goalkeeper, who had a pretty solid game, but uh, there were some times when I thought he looked a bit shaky, and I was quite concerned that they might score a goal or two. So, obviously, also lacks some height that Manuel Lawyer had, and uh, he isn't maybe the best passer, but as a 
Short-stopping goalkeeper. He's very solid, and I'm not. I'm, I'm quite happy with his performance. Josip Stanisic in the first half, he was an absolute beast in defense, and I think that's what he brings to the table. He brings that defensive ability. He's very good at getting at the right positions. He has the awareness to you know come in with the right type of challenges at the right time. So that could be very vital when playing against PSG if Nagelsmann you know opts to start him ahead of the other right back options but at the same time I believe that Stanisic is not very good offensively and uh, this game for example there were multiple times when I thought he definitely could have crossed the ball slightly better maybe sent in a more you know grounded ball as opposed to something very high and uh, maybe he will get better at it as the you know, as time progresses, but at this point in time, he is not very good at the attacking aspects of the game. And I'm not sure if that might hurt us against PSG when we could use every chance we could get, you know, as opposed to maybe having someone like Joao Cancelo, who will definitely be amazing at crossing against PSG. And imagine Chuba Moteng or Kingsley Coman, who likes, you know, getting goals against PSG, and maybe Thomas Miller getting at the end of those crosses, like... I'm pretty sure that would be a game changer, especially since Thomas Müller is slated to play in this fixture when he wasn't, you know, playing the previous one. So I think it's a really difficult question that Nagelsmann has to address. But at the same time, like my personal belief is that Joao Cancelo is a pretty solid defender and has been, especially under Nagelsmann. Of course, advanced city was completely different. But uh, I think he can improve that aspect of the game. But what he brings offensively is unparalleled. Like, as a wing-back, as an offensive full-back, he is arguably the best in the world. And uh, he, what he what he lacks in defense, maybe he makes up for it in offense. And I think that is really great. I think Upamecano and uh, Delict would be splendid in defense and they would be great at the uh, centre-back positions and if they start uh, it's going to be quite solid but then again I would rather have Cancelo play but if Nagelsmann opts to start Stanisic uh, for more defensive stability I wouldn't be too opposed to the idea because then again Stanisic is very solid defensively as we saw in this game. Upa was uh, pretty good for the large part of the game, but uh, he was shaky at the very beginning, and I was concerned, but he grew into the game. Not a lot to write home about, but overall a pretty solid performance. Matthias Delict was the game-changer in the man of the match. Definitely the best player on the pitch. Defense-wise, uh, there was no one on the pitch who was better, and uh, defensively he was there everywhere. His, his passing was so good. Uh, he was also really, really good in the attacking front, as we saw. Wonderfully taken goal and some great passage uh, initiations. And he also helped with switching the you know passage passage of play to the other wing whenever you know the time called for it. Whenever uh, Stuttgart started pressing super hard, so. I think he was excellent throughout the game, definitely the best player. And this bodes very well going into the PSG fixture when we could use the best defending we can have because uh, we'll be playing against Mbappe this time. So, Coming to the left-back left position, Davies was tremendous this game. I was very happy with his performance. Some excellent crossing that I think Goretzka and uh, Chupamoting the rest could have done better with. Honestly, Goretzka was atrocious in that end, like just not shooting really well but at the same time uh, I guess Davies was also excellent defensively so a very well-rounded performance I'm very happy with him at left back and he has to start against PSG it is a must 
he can clamp the entirety of PSG's right flank. I firmly believe that. And I also believe that Davies and Muziala share this amazing partnership. It's beautiful to watch. They play so good together and it's like a synergistic partnership where, you know, they are better than the sum of their parts. So it's excellent to watch them combine down the left left wing and you know when Muziala moves and Davies drifts out wide and vice versa it's like seeing Alaba and Ribéry all over again but you know if Alaba was quicker and if uh, Ribéry was less f- fiery but uh, probably more fleet-footed more more nimble out I'd say at tight spaces I mean nimbler than Ribéry is a uh, really high is really high praise and it's uh, I don't think I sh- I could be I could even be saying that at this point in time, given that Muziala has only played for two or three seasons, the complete seasons for Bayern, but in the coming years, I think he has what it takes to take on you know the legacy, the beacon forward, and he can even you know surpass Ribéry as uh, one of Bayern's best players of all time. That's what I firmly believe, and both of them they are well on course to sort of re-energizing, revitalizing a similar partnership on the left flank. So definitely starting Davies against PSG. Or rather, QSG, Q dollars and G. <laughs> now the midfield, Jozo Kimmich, excellent uh, overall. I think uh, he was very good dropping between the defenders. Something that's very crucial, as we've seen in recent weeks. Gives added defense and uh, was also very good with spraying the ball across the pitch. Maybe one aspect I'm not as pleased with of his game is he's gone back to sort of taking a bit too much time on the ball and then releasing it right when a player presses him and I don't like seeing that it's like he got out of that rut for a few weeks when people criticized his defensive abilities and his sharpness and then he's it's it's like it's come back and I don't like watching it I would rather he stay sharp and maybe release the ball two or three seconds in advance so that you know he doesn't have to panic and just make up an errant pass just because he's being pressed that happened a couple of times today. I was not very pleased with that. Absolutely cannot happen with PSG because all those players just know one thing. As soon as they get the ball, they'll release it for Mbappe and that guy runs like a crazy man. So I'd rather that not happen. Goretzka, uh, overall decent game. Not too much done defensively compared to the Union game. And I think offensively it was not very good. Like... His shots were not good at all and there were times when he was the weak link in the passing lanes so that part of his game might have to improve but quite solid overall I'd say and uh, definitely starting against PSG as well because we could use that physicality which helped Bayern quite a lot this game. So not a lot to write home about but uh, pretty solid I guess. And uh, the attack well we started Kingsley Coman because he was fantastic he was really active in the first half really active in the opposition box he can really stretch the opposition defense and he is very quick very very smart with his positioning so really pleased with how he played and then Thomas Bueller who was absolutely fantastic got that assist really good with positioning of course uh, there were times when I felt that he should have been a bit more Selfish, maybe taking a shot or two because nobody's shooting at Bayern Munich and we want those Thomas Miller goals rolling in again. So I'd rather he also position himself and play as a pseudo striker at times because, yes, he's great creating for others, but we desperately need some more finishing. And 
for all the Chupamoting's worth, yes, he's been scoring consecutively in so many games, but it's like he makes use of one or two good chances and then he's just gone offensively. Like, I'd rather prefer if he got some more goals or maybe even created some more chances, but uh, Thomas Ritter on that regard can be much better, which is why, you know, I just want him to see uh, him take more shots and sort of be more offensive from a shot-taking perspective, shot-creation perspective. Jamal Muziala, brilliant, uh, possibly the best attacker. So hard to stop. There were two or three instances when he just razzmatazzed the entire defense, dribbled past three, four players, just exquisite, and then he just couldn't finish. But what a player, and uh, unstoppable when he's dribbling. I'm uh, slated for him to create an Ankara-Messi moment against Messi and against PSG, QSG, sorry, in the game in Munich in the Champions League and I really hope he does because he's he's one of those iconic players and he is just one of the key players who can create the entire offense and he can also unlock close down defenses which will be very crucial against that really sort of uh, scumbaggy backline of Ramos and Marquinhos though two two players I really dislike you know the passion so I'd love for him to send them dancing again and finally, Shubhamoting up front, uh, really well taken finish, but I think he could really Im- uh, improve his finishing game in the sense that, yes, uh, his his passing and his uh, game, you know, with his back to the goal, his uh, hold-up play is really good, has improved a lot. But I also hope and wish that he could maybe be a bit more accurate with his passing in the inside the box and also his speed with taking chances, converting them, sort of making use of the situation. Because we really need someone to shoot. Nobody's, everyone, it's almost like everyone's afraid of taking shots. Everyone's just not willing to get in and sort of take the responsibility. And he has to do better on that regard as Bayern's striker, especially since we've extended him now, you know. He's also earned that pay raise. He's going to get double the money he's been earning so far. So I'd like to see some performances translate on the pitch. And we need some big goals, especially against PSG. So I would love it if he could sort of get at the end of those chances and put in some more goals. That would be fantastic. But uh, I would give a solid 7.5 for his performance because he was actually very good. So yeah, that is sort of my analysis for the starting 11. And then now we go to the subs. Uh, who I think, uh, well, I don't have a lot of nice words to say about them. I agree that Nagelsmann should have subbed them out, keeping the PSG game in mind, and I'm really happy that he took out Muziela and Jupomoting because they were running t- throughout the game. And Thomas Müller got to play a bit more than was necessary, but I think uh, he did a decent job because when Thomas Müller plays, usually the opposition defense uh, tend to be slightly more reluctant to venture out, which is useful because we almost bottled that lead. So it's a good thing that Thomas Müller stayed on the pitch. And also, I think he has the stamina to play the 90 minutes against PSG after this game as well, because he's just one of those players, you know. I don't think he's going to wear out, so... It's, it's. I think Nagelsmann did the right thing with his substitutions. The one thing he may not have predicted is just how atrocious some of those players could have been. And uh, we saw with Mane because uh, he wasn't that bad. So I guess uh, not, not, so, not, so, not so many great things to say about him except maybe his commitment, his intensity. But uh, I think uh, he, was, he was pretty solid, not too much to ask 
from him. Uh, at the same time, I think he could have put two chances to bed. He was not very good at finishing. He had this one amazing opportunity to do just that, and he fluffed it. But uh, I think uh, it should get better, especially since he's just returned from an injury. So I'm going to take it easy on him. Two players I'm not going to take it easy against. In particular, let's start with the player that annoyed me the most, Leroy Zane. And the thing about Zane is I really like him as a player. He's a phenomenal talent, right? I mean, forget talent. He's a phenomenal... Possibly on his day, he could be top 10 in the world player and top 3 in the world winger or even higher than that because he is incredible when on full form. And we've seen that in the Hindrunda. We saw that last year. There are some phases where he's just unplayable because he's incredibly gifted with dribbling, with vision, with creativity and with pace. Just a devil of a winger. But it's so frustrating that he's not using these gifts, you know, to full fruition. He is just... There were so many times in the pitch today when he was just walking around, when he was just so nonchalant and he just didn't seem to care. And there were so many instances when he could have just made a run or made a pass that could have unlocked the entire defense, but he just chose to stay there, just stuck to one position, rooted and just staring at everyone else on the pitch like a passenger, and that really annoyed me. Because one thing you cannot be is a passenger on this team. And if you're playing quality teams like PSG and maybe in the latter stages of the Champions League if you progress, you know, maybe you might have to face a team like uh, Liverpool, sorry, uh, what am I saying? Manchester City, Real Madrid, or some other team uh, now that Liverpool is most definitely out. Uh, you know, it's going to be difficult if you're just going to stand and watch because you are you need to be involved in every single possession. You need to be making those runs. You need to take every single opportunity to score because they don't come, you know, come at you in uh, by the dozen against the best of teams. So you have to take every opportunity and Zane is not doing that. He is not, he's kind of pissing me. So I hope he picks the slack up on that regard because I love him as a player. I keep saying this. When he has it on track, he is the best. And I really enjoy watching him. And I've defended him vehemently for so many seasons now. But it's kind of getting hard because he's constantly regressing to being that player that we just do not like to watch on the pitch. It's affecting his legacy at Bayern. It's affecting his career. And I think Bayern might even sell him at one point if he keeps you know, repeating this. And now we come to Gnabry, who is slightly less frustrating because he actually tries sometimes, but at the same time, he's just a player who's super inconsistent. Like, he cannot finish to save his life in some games. I've spoken so much about this that I'm actually tired. I probably don't want to repeat it all over again. He just... The gist is that he is prime R9 in one game, and... Uh, like Timo Werner in another game. I'm talking about like the worst version of Timo Werner. Like Timo Werner in a rut. Absolutely terrible version. Or um, pretty much like swap Timo with any other player like uh, Lotaro Martinez or Gonzalo Higuain at his worst. Like that is exactly what happens to Gnabry, you know, in his rut. And it's so frustrating. Like, God, why can't you enable these gifted, talented wingers to just be consistent? You know, is it something to do with Nabri's afro? Is it something to do with the fact that hey, he's still sort of rooted in the Paris Fashion Week and maybe just fashion in general that maybe he's not translating those things onto the pitch. Maybe his head is not on the pitch. I don't know what's going on, but like he really needs to up his performances because it's as simple as 
there being Muziala, Coman, and possibly Mane, three players ahead of them in the picking order. They're going to get benched indefinitely. They're only going to get these crap minutes at the end of games if they continue playing like this. And they have no one else to blame but themselves because this is not good enough for a club like Bayern Munich. You have to play better. And, uh, well, the rest of the subs did not even play that much. But uh, I think Gravenberg, uh, not a lot to talk about. I would prefer if I got more, you know, game time. Uh, more, if he, if I got to see him for longer in the coming games to actually give a proper analysis. And uh, Benjamin Pavard solid, but, uh, again, not going to play against PSG of very little consequence. So he can just take... Uh, a break for the next few days sort of enjoy the rest of the week and then come back to play at the end of next week I think he might replay Stanisic or maybe even play at centre-back for a few minutes because uh, it looks likely that uh, Nagelsmann won't be benching Pavar for too long considering how solid he's been so I guess uh, that's it uh, uh, regarding all the starting 11 and the substitutes I think the game against PSG is going to be a feisty one because the attack is obviously going to be rejuvenated and they are very scummy and they will employ every tactic they can to ensure that Bayern Munich accumulate cards and that PSG also get really nice chances. Their strategy would probably be just send long balls to Messi, Mbappe and go and just sort of pray that some of those players just run and score a goal or something like that. And obviously clamp it down on defense and uh, pretend that you have been hit by a tornado every time a bind player touches you. So, yeah, it's going to be uh, quite difficult to watch, but uh, definitely a spectacle because these are two teams that were that are usually considered, you know, favorites to progress at least to the semifinals if they do not meet each other. So, it's going to be a difficult one for sure, but I believe Bayern have it in them to get all three points get a win and progress to the quarterfinals after roaring past what is one of the best teams in Europe, at least offensively. So that is based uh, on my analysis of Bayern in recent weeks and how well the attack's been doing and the potential because they create so many chances, they're just not putting them to bed. So all that XG, I'm expecting that it would eventually just even out because Bayern would have one of those efficient games and just score a bucket load of goals. Just hoping that the game against PSG is one such game. And that is the end of my analysis. Uh, hope you uh, enjoy listening to me through my congested throat and nose. And, you know, it must have been quite difficult on your years. But uh, thank you once again for all the support. And uh, make sure to like, rate, share and subscribe to... Uh, Bavarian Podcast Works on any and all podcasting platforms of your choice. Apple Podcast, Spotify, Megaphone, uh, SoundCloud. I don't even know how many we're on. Uh, probably too hard to count, but uh, yeah. Just make sure you keep the support coming. And also ensure that you read our articles on Bavarian Football Works. We cover a lot of Bundesliga and world football content there. It's just incredible writing. Some of our authors just superb you know on a regular basis you get all these articles just incredible and uh obviously uh i cannot uh, not mention uh chuck smith you know in closing off this podcast who cranks up five or six articles a day just for your reading pleasure so make sure to read our articles whenever you can and give us your feedback in the comments and make sure to keep us you know boosted with your feedback with your love thank you so much for listening and supporting us uh of course, I'll be back very soon in another podcast. 
Probably your Tom Adams. So until then, vielen Dank und auf Wiedersehen.